Ben Lawrence. Paul Goody. Hey, pal. I went to, an, I to went another next door, podcast. I went next door yeah. and got some coffee. I don't normally drink coffee this late in the afternoon. It is 4 o'clock, but uh, today <coughs> merited it. It's just regular black coffee. I don't have any. I don't put anything in, into my coffee. It's more economical that way, and I actually do prefer it that way. You know, Ben, we're going we're gonna, to uh, have a little fun thing since I have my phone on, right? Now, you're not going to be able to hear me uh, on the podcast, folks. Oh, good. So, Ben, I need you to narrate what I'm doing. I'm going to still talk about what I'm doing, and people might hear me, but go ahead, Ben. Start narrating. Uh, Paul is walking through his house. Uh, all I can I'm see is a ceiling fan house. behind him. It looks like he's kind of, uh, oh, I think he's just repeating what I'm saying, but he's pointing out right what's now. happening in the kitchen. The, he's swirling around. It almost it looks like our video telephone with all the wide sweeps. Now we've gone to portrait mode. He showed me the floor. Now I'm looking at the pantry, and there's a, it looks like uh, the coffee container. It's a, a, a lid locked vacuum seal. It's not really vacuum, but it's, it is sealed. Airtight, as they say. He's grabbing his coffee container. It's black with a silver band on it. And now it looks like he might be trying to open it while still holding his phone. All I can see oh, no. is his head uh, and his ear. I can see uh, Betty uh, briefly appeared hello. in the background, much like podcast people. And we're looking at the ground coffee inside now, I am of the coffee the man uh, container. In it is the a podcast. Beckin brand. <laughs> coffee container or at least <laughs> airtight container maybe you can put other things i'm gonna in it, compromise but, you know, this recording to, uh, uh, if you don't drink coffee he's got an electric kettle a very How economical electric kettle i must add it is a better way to heat water and That's good. a small I'm looks doing like fine too. french press and if you're french not press doing is actually fine, not my preferred way to drink coffee that because sucks i just think like it's a lot silty i prefer my coffee to be uh uh from a uh, a filter and he's got his mug. It is a St. Louis mug, uh, saint.louis.mo. Um, it is a uh, uh, some sort of beast from the City Museum, of course. The City Museum is a place where Paul Goody and I spent, as last time I saw Paul Goody in person, we were at the City Museum and we filmed a film called Ben and Paul at the City Museum. And he's going to put flax milk from the brand Good Karma into his coffee. I didn't actually see him make the coffee, so he might just be putting milk into a, uh, into a cup. And oat milk creamer. So you put flax milk and oat milk creamer into Are you actually making coffee, Paul, or are you just showing me all of your coffee stuff? I'm just showing you all my coffee stuff, Ben! <laughs> yeah, so he yelled at so the microphone on the podcast can pick it up. Um, and uh, he's wearing a red shirt. It says heroic on the front. And he's got a uh, Olipop brand cherry vanilla soda can. I think that's... You know, now we're just doing show and tell at Paul's Okay, kitchen. we're back. Hey, everybody. Uh, so, Ben, Ooh, uh, what I was I trying to show you... Out of breath. Uh, and I didn't have that was great by the way um, probably the most you've talked uninterrupted by me on the podcast for a while so I'm happy I'm happy that that was able to be done um, ladies and gentlemen Ben Lawrence one half of Goody Lawrence uh, oftentimes uh, interrupted uh, by me and oftentimes, not by me saying anything, just me going, um, Ben, um, wait a second, Ben, uh, uh, hold on, Ben, uh, Ben, uh, uh, that's, uh, that's my impression of myself. But, oh, the, so the point I was going to say, um, was that that coffee 
tin has like three different types of coffee in it a regular dark roast a um a uh eggnog uh from aldi and a gingerbread from aldi and i just mixed them all together on purpose, or did you do that thing where you didn't quite empty the previous batch of coffee before putting the next batch on, in? On purpose. It's mostly dark roast. I was like, I got these other two things. I'm never going to use them. Do I want to just throw them out, or can I just make a... And so this is the idea, is that I'm never... The plan is, I'm never going to buy the same type of coffee in a row. So that coffee tin is going to be the special Paul blend that's going to taste different <laughs> all the time. Does Jennifer have her own coffee? Jennifer doesn't drink coffee. Drink? Oh, she doesn't drink coffee. Okay. Neither does neither does Betty. So, um, have you ever had this Olipop cherry vanilla? Never, never even heard of it. So, Olipop is like one of those good for your gut uh, probiotic plant fiber soda things. Okay. Here's the thing about it. Um, they didn't carry it in Deerberg's for a really long time. That's one of the grocery Deerberg's stores I go is to. Grocery store in yep. Edwardsville. Edwardsville, um, all St. Louis area. Deerberg's and Schnooks are the two big ones. Right, Schnooks. Um, I've heard drunk talk about Schnooks. Oh yeah, I, I've heard drunk talk about Schnooks. <laughs> hey, buddy, have you? No, not yeah. that's not my drunk impression. That was the idea that that's there my are two drunk drunks. impression. Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> it's not my drunk impression um, it's my drunk impression so I get the feeling that this guy um, my drunk impression um, so the, the the basic idea uh, lollipop cherry vanilla tastes like cherries it yeah. is the only cherry soda I've had that doesn't taste like cherry soda but actually tastes like like cherries it's pretty crazy carbonated cherries yeah, exactly. Um, I also drink an energy drink called Bing, which is made with cherries. But they were out Bing? of the cherry one, Bing, B-I-N-G, like the like the search engine, like the search engine, Ben, like the search engine that we all love. The the search engine <laughs> if that any was bots from Microsoft are listening. Immediately embraced by every American, much like uh, the Zoom. Who, who doesn't like? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I want to go on Bing and find out the best deal on a Zune that I can have I saw, shipped to me. I saw this thing where back when the Windows Phone 7 was released, Paul, maybe you know about this, Microsoft held a funeral for the iPhone, complete with a hearse and a procession outside. Oh, shoot. And, uh, yeah, for the, they felt the Windows Phone 7 was going to unseat the iPhone. I feel like now it can be told, one of the things about the Windows Phone, Ben, is that yeah. uh, they launched some stores, some Microsoft stores. Uh, I think it was tied to the Windows Phone, I'm not sure, but it was supposed to be like the Apple Store, right? And one of my, one of my last jobs in Seattle, before I started doing uh, the low-voltage electrical work, yeah. I was in a manufacturer... Uh, thing as a temp, I was in a manufacturer place uh, that was built out to look like a Microsoft store, and I was putting together um, hardware that would allow the people that were working the Microsoft store to just drop 
uh, their device into this other device that would then seed it immediately and allow it to connect and charge, I believe, is the idea. But I couldn't tell anybody what I was doing. And it was it was very much like I wasn't allowed to bring my phone in. And I actually changed. They succeeded in something. I didn't use an iPhone. I got a stupid phone without a camera so that I could take calls from Jennifer. Because Betty was, uh, you know, a child. And there were times when Jennifer would have to call me about things that were going on with Betty. Yeah. Uh, and I couldn't be incommunicado. So that was kind of interesting that I uh, I didn't have an iPhone for a while. So they succeeded in killing at least one iPhone <laughs> in that case. I uh, I remember when I got my first iPhone. I was um, I had a I had a I think it was a flip phone at the point at that time, and it had the antenna that stuck out, and uh, it, it died one day like mm. one night like I, I wanted an iphone this is when the iphone 3g first came out like the second version of the iphone which is called the 3g because that was the network yep. um and i remember being like so happy that i convinced myself i got I, that i had an excuse to now buy an iphone i yeah. couldn't really afford one you know i wanted one but i couldn't really justify the cost at the time and then when my phone died and I was going to have to spend money either way. Get an iPhone. And I've never so he, gone back. Here's something. Um, I got Jennifer an iPhone. And I got a different phone for me, which was a phone that I thought was so cool. It was a phone that could play television. Um, it, had a, it had a TV receiver. So that was my phone. My phone was a phone that had a mini TV in it. Yeah. And after seeing Jennifer's iPhone and Jennifer using her iPhone, I took the other one back. I was like, look, I, I didn't <laughs> know. I didn't know this thing is going to change everything. And it did. It did, Ben. Changed everything. A lot more than the Segway did, I'll tell you. <laughs> I think the Segway suffered from the hype. Yeah, do you remember? Here's the thing. Uh, do you remember how crazy I was at that time? You're going to have uh, to oh, yeah, that yeah, down. Yeah. <laughs> um, you, you must have, must have listened to tons of ranting by me about how the Segway wasn't the Segway. That they must have had something else. It couldn't have been that. It oh, must right. have been because the an device, electric car. It like must Dean have been Cayman or something. The device yeah. was going to like change how we built cities. Uh huh. And so I thought, well, it's got to be, it's got to be something other than this, right? It. And yeah. I and then you know, in retrospect, okay, like a well, I guess train or something. I guess maybe it would. Well, what I thought it was was an electric car, an electric vehicle, like a. Yeah. And it was an electric Back vehicle. Back before they were sort as of. ubiquitous as they are now. Yeah, well, and I still, I mean, I still imagine in my head the thing that I thought was like a supercharged golf cart almost. Um, like, really bare bones. Like, yeah, you know, but capable of... And the, the, the idea I had in my head, of course wrong, but my idea was that 
it would go as fast as a car, but be super lightweight, so that you could, you know, take so it would be dangerous. <laughs> yeah. And I've told but, you, you know, the crazy. I mean, if anybody's listening who is in charge of saying that I'm mentally stable or whatever, forget what I'm saying here. But you remember me telling me about how I have memories as a kid of being on a farm that had a levitating like thing. Like it was it was a um I don't actually remember you saying that. It was okay, so it was like a sort of like a four wheeler, sort of like a tractor. Right? You you sat on it. It had like a it was sort of like you had sort of a saddle almost. Okay. And then coming off of it were like um, these sort of um, rods, I guess. And then on the end of each rod was this sort of white ceramic disc. And the, the white ceramic disc, they would uh, emit kind of a sort of a, a little bit of a hum, but it was sort of a magnet underneath it that repelled the ground, basically. And it would just float, and it would float around, and you could... It was sort of like a boat, in a way, because you would you could turn it, but it would drift. I didn't, you know, I didn't know what drifting was at the time, but yeah. if that makes sense, you turn it, and it would slide, and you'd, like, make kind of long arcs with it and stuff. And it was used to go through fields and places where there weren't any roads, basically. I would have been probably about five, I'd say. And then I also remember uh, these big things that were like water towers, but they moved. And I remember the town that I was in flooding and all this. And, you know, what has been suggested to me, which makes sense, is that at that age, the differences between dreaming something and experiencing it in real life uh, are, you know... It's harder to differentiate, basically. So maybe I'm just remembering a thing that I dreamed about. Yeah. You know. I think maybe that's probably one of the reasons why babies cry so much, is they're just terrified of the dreams that they're having. There is there is one one thing that I do remember that happened. <clears throat> of course, according to my dad, he doesn't remember this, so who knows. I think I've told this on the podcast before, but in case I haven't, I was at a school assembly. And it was about dinosaurs, and there was a guy in the front who was talking about, this is maybe what a dinosaur sounded like. Uh, and this kid that was sitting next to me said, hey, you want to come to my house and play? And I was like, okay, so we just walked out of the school. <laughs> yeah. In my defense, this was, you know, 1978, 1979. Um, people didn't care about children as much and what <laughs> they were doing. It's amazing we survived into adulthood. So we were there and we were playing. And then this guy came home and was super mad that we were there. That's what I remember. The guy so that this kid's dad? Or that's, an, ad an adult guardian? That's what I think. I, I assume that's who that was. Yeah. Uh, and then I remember going home. Um, but I don't remember it that well. And then the other thing was, of course, uh, I was uh, in a class. This is when I was in first grade. And a teacher said that I couldn't leave unless I touched the back of my heels to the back of my head. And, and I said, I can't do that. And she goes, I'll show you. And she grabbed me. 
And I ran away from her and locked myself in the bathroom. Probably a good call. Uh, and then I got taken back to my house. And they came back in and, and you know, the principal said, well, we'll see. And they pointed this, this woman out to me and said, "Did she? is she the one that did this to you? Or no, no, they didn't say, is she the one that did this to you? They said, did she do that to you? And I said, no. And they said, see, he's lying. <laughs> that was it. Um, I said no because it wasn't the woman. The woman who did that was a different person. Yeah. But this is, okay. again, like I said, in the 70s. It was totally different. And then I got taken to a parochial school, and they could just hit you. Because uh, my parents signed a waiver that said, <laughs> yeah, okay go ahead. To and, hit. Okay yeah. to hit him. Uh, and so I was, and uh, still hate it. Still hate it to this day. Probably still do it to this day in parochial yeah. schools. Oh, and, and that was something else. Uh, I was, you know, I had a problem with one of the teachers in fifth grade. And my mom recently said to me, oh, yeah, this guy wanted to know how you're doing. And I'm like, did he? Did he really want to know how I was doing? <clears throat> I'm, I'm not great. Uh, still processing some things that happened to me in fifth grade. Other than yeah. that, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, mm. I was uh I was thinking about something recently. Um, it came it, it dawned on me mm. that so there are two big events um, that sort of like um, inform a generation mm. when it comes to music. Like, oh, okay. where were you when you heard John Lennon was shot? Yeah, where were you when you heard that Kurt Cobain had died. Yeah. And, and I only realized, I don't know why I didn't even think of this, only 14 years separate those two things. Really? That yeah. seems, it seems like it'd be longer, doesn't it? It does seem like it should be like 30 years, but yeah, it's a John Lennon it's was killed in 14 19, years. John Lennon died in 1980, <gasps> Kurt Cobain died in 1994. Wow, that is crazy. Uh, I know where I was both times, actually. <laughs> Um, I think I mentioned this to you before. The John Lennon one, I was in Dorsey, Illinois. Um, I heard about it on the news, and I asked my dad, who is that guy? And my dad's reply was, some musician. <laughs> and so for the longest time, I was like, I uh, no, I didn't even know that John Lennon was shot until I realized, oh, that's the guy that's the guy that was on the news. That's yeah. the guy that my dad said some that that was John Lennon. So I found about John Lennon afterwards. I didn't. I didn't. Um, my mom was a big Beatles fan, so when the uh, still is actually, but yeah. so when when that news broke, it definitely would have been news in my house. But I was four, so I don't really remember it being a thing when uh, when John Lennon uh, when the news broke that John Lennon had died. I definitely know where I was when uh, Kurt Cobain. The news got out because my friend Eric Kasky called me up. Mm. And he's like, they found a body in Kurt Cobain's house. And uh, they think it might be Kurt. So the story about this, and I might have told this on the podcast as well, but I need to. So I was a big Joel Hodgkins fan. Joel, Joel Hodgkins, is that right? Hod Joel, Hod Joel Hodgson? Hodgson. Hod Joel Hodgson. Hod Sorry, Hodson. Joel, if you're listening. Um <laughs> So I was a big fan of his. Yeah. Uh, and 
And we had to do something for uh, one of our acting classes. We had to do a, a solo performance. And so I put together uh, my own version of uh, a stand-up thing with a lot of props. I did a prop comedy heavy uh, thing. And one of the one of the things that I said was um, uh, animal lo- we're going to talk about different methods of primate locomotion. And uh, one of it was knuckle walking. And I said examples of knuckle walking include the, you know, whatever uh, ape that I was talking about and Nirvana's Kurt Cobain. So that was the first. That was the first uh, performance of it, and then the idea is that we were going to get notes and we would come back and do it again. Over that weekend, Kurt Cobain shot himself. <laughs> Jeez, and and we were supposed to do the exact same thing, just with changes. You know that we're told. I said, okay, examples of knuckle walking are the whatever lowland gorilla or whatever it was. I said. And and then I paused because everybody was because everybody remembered it because yeah. they're like ooh boo or whatever. Um, yeah. And I said okay. Now I'm not supposed to alter this, but this is where I would say Nirvana's Kurt Cobain. And then over the weekend he shot himself. I don't know how he found out, but you know I am sorry. I made fun of it. Uh, so, uh, and examples how the class of, react to uh, that. Oh, uh, uh, boos <laughs> and and groans again, but too soon's. Uh, and then I said, examples of knuckle walking include the whatever whatever gorilla and Newt Gingrich. <laughs> yeah. And then I got laughs and and um, all that. So. Yeah, it the, was. Uh, yeah, I did. Of the house at the time, I believe. It, uh, un unpopular. Yeah. With uh, many students, um, the other thing, of course, is that I didn't really do stand up again until Slap That Ass. Uh, at Annex. At Annex. Wow. And when I was on low work, they didn't know how to explain what it was that you and I did. So they just had me say that I do stand-up comedy. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And so, on paper, I am a stand-up. If you you search me, and you you go off of what was on Low Work, and you, you find the clip of me doing Slap That Ass, um... Yeah, I am a stand-up. I've always wanted to do stand-up. I just haven't. Because I don't like bars, mostly. It's where you gotta, gotta, uh, you know, do the miles. Yeah, especially, especially, you know, in the 80s and 90s, that's that's where most stand-up was. You know, the idea that you could do stand-up at a theater... You know, n- not as, not as often were that to a, happen. There was a time you probably remember this, where like every time Brett booked a stand-up for Spin the Bottle, they bombed. oh, and we I, talked it, about this. Yeah, it's a you know, a uh, uh, either. <laughs> 
been the bottle audiences were just naturally hostile towards stand-ups, or we just brought in bad stand-ups. The stand-ups that Brett had um, weren't spin the bottle material. They they yeah. their acts were misogynistic and you know problems until the the popular one that I remember first. Uh, Inkblot, no, uh, the, until <laughs> Emmett Montgomery. Yeah. Emmett, everyone loved Emmett. And it even, you know, Weird and Awesome uh, became its own show, and it was great. Um, and Emmett was able to bring in the right comedians, comedians that would do well. Yeah. Uh, for an annex audience. There were, there were some, I mean, it wasn't... It, they weren't always hits, right? There were a mm -hmm. couple of weird and awesomes I remember where the stand-up just was playing to the wrong room, mm -hmm. and um, it was it was it actually did get uncomfortable. I remember one one guy like I didn't I didn't like go up to Emmett afterwards and said you can't book this guy here again, but like Emmett would do that thing where like after the show. A bunch of us would just hang out here in the theater and just you know and just chat. And Emmett would come up and ask, like, what was your favorite bit? You know, what was your favorite mm -hmm. part of the show? And uh, and actually said it wasn't at this time. It wasn't the stand up because he said this and this like he insulted the Alex, the tech. Oh, no. Point. And I'm like, don't don't insult the tech crew, dude. <laughs> that is not a way to ingratiate yourself into a community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't ever remember. I mean, honestly, I don't remember who that was. I think that was the only time he played uh, Weird and Awesome. But what, was yeah, he? Uh, was he an older guy? No, I don't. I can't remember any details. The, the only reason was. there was I ask is that that was one of the things I did notice is that there seemed to be a divide. That the older it it's not always the case. Just the older the comic was, the more in the yeah. In the, you can't you can't say anything anymore without getting canceled. Well, there's a there's oh, a thing, and I, I think you probably heard the same thing. I don't know for improv classes. There was a time when people would say, "Don't censor yourself. Just say whatever because it, it doesn't matter. What's funny is what matters, or whatever." <laughs> That's definitely right, that that take, mindset has definitely changed. And 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 really, I mean, the don't censor yourself. It still makes sense, but I I like what people say now. Which is be at the top of your intelligence, uh, rather than don't censor yourself. Meaning that, meaning that, um, you know, you you want to believe that the audience is going to get what it is that you say. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, so you, you be as smart as you can be, and hope that the audience will come along with you. Right. Different than don't censor yourself. Don't censor yourself, meaning, you know, well, don't say anything that someone might find offensive, um, you know, is not the same rule either. But it's just, I mean, the way the way I would say it is this, you better be funny. If you're going to do it, you you better you better be funny for everyone in the <clears throat> room. Meaning that, and, it, and and people will find this unfair, but it is absolutely true. Uh, I've mentioned this a couple of times. Jennifer called me out on that, called me personally out on this, um, and and not not 
recently enough that it still gives me pause when I'm about to say this. Um, if you look like someone who would say something that you're saying and mean it, and you're saying it as a joke because obviously you don't think that way, you don't have to make that joke because the people that are listening to you one maybe don't know you as well as you think they do and they might just think that you mean it and then two uh even if they do know that you don't mean it they've heard that enough and they don't need to do it again so the idea being um there was a so so Jennifer was talking about um there was a study that had ignored uh women uh, a study about autoimmune diseases that ignored uh, women. It wasn't studying that. It was a genetic study. It wasn't studying women. And they finally studied women. And the, the scientists who were studying the women found that um, by studying the genes, they understood now how this was, how this was made. And I said, it's the woman's fault. Um, and I meant to say that as the scientists, the sci that's how they, they uh, gave their findings. That's yeah. what they, you know, that was their, and the, the joke was that even now, even after they, you know, actually do use women's genetics in it, uh, misogyny still exists, et cetera, et cetera. Right. But for her, uh, I just made a stupid joke about, misogynistic well I, I made a stupid misogynistic joke and the fact that I was talking like one of the scientists uh, was not apparent and yeah. even if it were it didn't matter right and I mean that's recently yeah there are rules for comedy that you know get made etc but I think that that rule is one that should be thought of, which is basically um, if you aren't a member of a community and you want to do a joke geared towards that, in this case, uh, geared towards something that is against that community. So in this case, uh, make a misogynistic joke uh, to a woman. You cannot do that and everything will be fine. Yeah. And this but guy... Just, oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, I'll just say that, I mean, that, that there's, a, there's a line, and we've talked about this before, between saying the bad thing versus commenting on the bad thing mm -hmm. by saying the bad thing. And that's, I mean, that's... And this is... And this you is will I, get it wrong more often than not. And, and this by, is where not you, Paul Goody, but you like yeah. people doing it. And this is where I'm saying you better be funny. If you are yeah. commenting on the bad thing by saying the bad thing, I'm not saying you know you have to get. And this is you know people say you can't say anything anymore. I'm not saying that you you need to get up there and go okay. In this next bit, uh, I am going to be putting on the character of so and so to talk about that. I mean, it might actually be funny if you belabor it that much. But the but the fact is. Um, 
you need to be ready if your joke, if you don't craft it in such a way that people get what you're trying to do. It's yeah. on you. And if you're like, I was just kidding, which is what happens right now. <laughs> I was just kidding. I was making a joke. There, there are I'm people sorry who, you didn't understand my joke. Exactly. There are people who don't tell jokes who then say that they were kidding because they've seen that happen enough that they that they think, oh, I can probably get away with this. I, I, talk, I was talking about you know, abusive people are like this. Things are jokes, right? Oh, this is a joke. Oh, I'm making a joke. Until they don't have to joke anymore because now they have the power in a relationship. And then they just start being mean to you. Yeah. Um, this is a... You know, not to not to call anybody out, but I I have in my life uh, known. I'll I'll say this. Um, they don't listen to this podcast. I have a relative. Uh, I I won't go any further than that. But who who liked uh, this guy because he was funny until she got into a long term relationship with him, and that funniness got turned on her, and just every day. She was the Alex of that stand-up comic. You know, the the idea uh, Alex. that... Uh, Alex, the, uh, the, you, were, you were talking about how the stand-up comic made fun of Alex, the, uh, oh, the tech yeah, person. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, so she's, she's always around in that relationship. And so he's always, you know, making fun of her. And that's yeah. what her life is now. This funny guy who she liked... Uh, is constantly using her as the butt of his jokes. There, I mean, yeah, there, there's a definitely, it's not a fine line. It's a large, stark, you know, chasm between making fun of being abusive towards being mean to and lovingly teasing. Yeah. And sometimes, especially like, like for me, um, it's hard for me to say sometimes when when someone is teasing me and it hurts a little bit too much it's hard for me to tell people if yeah. that makes sense like hey that's not cool please don't um i was in a i was in a situation recently where someone was actually again not going to go into details but someone was actually like hostile towards me and i was like we you know, we can't, we can't do this. I can't talk to you if you're going to behave this way. And they didn't stop. And so that was, that was from really their, crazy. From their point of view, did they just think they were just goofing around? Uh, no, no, they were mad. They were like, oh, okay. actually, mad. Uh, from their point of view, <clears throat> the conversation had gotten to a place where, that was excusable because that's that's how this person argues. Yeah. You know, and so if you wanted to get into an argument, now we're in an argument. Uh, and and what I'm saying is it's no one uh, you know, it was not it was not a friend situation, it was not a relative situation. It was a, uh, you know, a a a community 
situation, like two people talking to one another. In a in a way, I've, I'm I'm sure that you've felt this way before. When you're like, how did this start happening? Okay, now I'm actually... I often find myself in that situation. Now I'm actually mad uh, at the way that you're treating me. Yeah. And this is no longer about the issue we were talking about. Now this is about you as a person. You know, it's weird for me. And all, a lot, I do find myself in those types of situations. And I often have to remind myself that this is actually a comment more on that person than it is on me. Yeah. Right? And so for people, for people, I, if anybody happens to, like, see this sort of exchange, I'm not the one that people are mad at. Right. I'm I'm in fact, if if, if what I'm hearing you say is correct. More people, more people like the judgment is being put on the person who's anger is is getting spit onto you yeah i mean well i mean here's the thing right uh they had they had their way of of talking right which was no this is how it's going to be you know blah 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 blah. yeah and jennifer always says if i say blah 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 blah, am i just tired of talking if i have I also given up? Um, and, and no, the, the, the yada, reason I yada, said blah, 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 blah in that situation is that if I had gone on, it would have been more apparent maybe yeah. who I was talking or in the situation. So Form I of self-censorship. Right. And so, but, but, and when I was talking, all I was saying is, um, you know, we have to stop this conversation. I can't, I can't speak when, when the conversation gets to this point, we have to stop. I need to take a break. If you if you keep yelling at me, I'm gonna have to hang up. You know that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, it was over the phone. Uh, Hence the also. hanging up. Yeah. Here's here's Portion. the thing: you rob the bank, but you do it over the phone. Nobody gets hurt. <laughs> uh, the There's a the the idea. Do you remember that at all? It was a, it was an idea for a sketch that we ended up not doing, uh, which was. Uh, a guy goes back in time and decides that he's going to do, uh, he's going to be the first person that, um, like, he he invents, he wants to invent the internet so that he can hack a bank. And he's trying to explain it. So, alright, so all the money is just ones and zeros in a computer. Okay, what's a computer? Okay, I went back too far. Um, okay, so first, and but then in the end, it's uh, you just rob the bank over the phone. Uh, nobody gets hurt. Well, what about the person you call? Well, you're not calling a person. You're call- it, it went on like that for a little bit, and then in the end, uh, I, I believe I, I think one of the reasons we didn't do it is that there wasn't a really an ending. I think the ending that that we came up with and it also was too much of a sketch more of a sketch than what we normally did yeah but in the end it was like the 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 guy ends up getting shot or whatever and then the person he was talking to uses the thing and and somebody else later on gets a call and they're like hello okay uh one second and they take a bunch of money out of a safe and put in a bag, and they're like, "Okay, now what? Hello, hello." So the person gets like all the way to getting the money in the bag, but they're still over the phone, so they can't because right. they don't There's understand a, it. I, 
I don't know if you heard this story recently. It came out. I don't remember what company it was, but somebody used, I think it was an AI voice generator. Oh, no. To mimic the CFO of a company and was able to steal something like $25 million from, like, during a conference call with, you know, whoever was responsible for, you know, controlling the money, right? Wow. And I don't yeah. know if this person's been caught. So yeah, but but this person, whoever whoever you know, the the thief in this scenario, yeah, uh, was able to get this company to wire so many millions of dollars to like some sort of account controlled by whoever was like pretending to be somebody important that the other people would listen to. I mean, we're we're gonna be in a in a place where actually physically being somewhere is gonna be really important again. I feel yeah. like. Um, you can't even trust the video anymore. I was I was thinking about this. I, I think you and I talked about this already, but just in case, um, AI, right? They're like AI using being used for um, robocalls, right? Uh, or AI being used for, um, you know those those IRS or those um, yeah those fake IRS calls where you you need you're going to be uh, you're going to go to the police station if you don't, you know, do this, whatever. Um, I'm of a very strange opinion that people, people that I talk to about this don't believe it. Um, I don't think it's right. And I think it might have to do with that whole glitch in the matrix thing. Right. But for me, if an AI generated voice is indistinguishable from a human voice, it doesn't make me more likely to do what they want. It just puts them on the same level. Like, like somebody cold calling me, asking me to give them my computer password. <laughs> and an AI trying to do it, it's going to be the same. Like, if Jennifer were to call me, if Jennifer were to call me, and say, Paul, I don't have time to explain. I need I need eight thousand dollars wired yeah. to me. Um she will tell you, uh, trying to get me to wire her eight thousand dollars, it would be nearly impossible and very annoying. That is happening though. I mean, that's one of the things that I hear is what one way that uh, scammers target the elderly is they will call and pretend to be a younger relative, like a grandson or a granddaughter, yep. in need of help. And because the uh, the elderly person either can't recognize the actual voice on the phone or they've been able to synthesize it somehow, uh, they able, they're able to, to scam all this money off of them. Yep. And I'm, I'm I'm with you. I mean, like if I uh, if my if somebody in my life calls me up <clears throat> and uncharacteristically asks for a whole crap ton of money, yeah, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be skeptical. Yeah, um, and especially here, if it's you, Paul Goody. Here's the thing: I'm not gonna be skeptical as much as I'm just going to be unhelpful, like I would be <laughs> to the real person. Like I'm gonna. It's, 
Sometime this week, I'm actually going to call you and ask for ask you to wire me eight thousand dollars. I'd be like, oh, see, oh God, now you've got me thinking. Because if it's you, Ben, if it's you, <laughs> and and they've got well, this is the thing is I would say this, Ben. We've talked about this on the podcast. You 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 have way too many hours of your voice uh, for me to trust you over the phone. Right. We need to at least, we need to at least do FaceTime. And then even then there are going to be some other hurdles that you're going to have to jump through. Yeah. Um, it's like, like for instance, here's the thing, right? Um, when people would call and they'd be using a voice, cause, cause this has been done before. Right, people have basically a soundboard, and they'll and they'll call. And what Jennifer and I used to do is we used to say, um, "Okay, I need you to 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 say the word uh, shamrock to me." And they would go, "Ha ha, why?" And I'd say, "No, I just need you to say the word shamrock." Yeah, I'm a real person. Okay, I just need you to say the word shamrock back to me. But now with AI, that's going to be able to do that. Uh, what what we're gonna have to do is is something else. Uh, and luckily, you and I grew up around the world of phone pranks. And so if someone calls and says, you know, hey, this is the IRS, I'm gonna say, why did you steal my car? Because that's not something you would normally ask an IRS person. And then they'd say, well, I didn't steal your car. And I would say, okay, well, then where is it? Etc. Etc. You know, yeah. You you have to have or tell me where to tell me where to go. Uh, to take care of this in person, I am not going to take care of this over. Th- that's really that's really all you need to do. I'm not going to take care of this over the phone. Yeah. Because you can no longer trust what you're hearing, and some, and now you can no longer trust what you're seeing. Can I tell you what what gets me a little bit more scared than than the IRS calls and everything? Swatting. Swatting. AI you swatting. Swa- you think, uh, yeah, I don't know. I've never Somebody heard of uses, AI swatting before. I mean, it hasn't, thing. it hasn't happened yet, but it will yeah. now that I've said it. Um, yeah, somebody, somebody calls up and it's a, you know, it's a, uh, 23 year old woman who, whose boyfriend has a gun at this location. And it sounds right and everything, but the location isn't real. The girlfriend isn't real. You know, none of the... Th- uh, it's all generated. We are... I've, I've said this before. I'll say it again. We are at the cusp of the reality war. Because people are going to be able to manufacture evidence of things. And the truth won't matter anymore. Yeah. Because there will be many versions of it, all with all physical um, and something. This is the thing that that when I talk about this, Ben, people don't like it because it sounds too crazy. But it's absolutely true. Everything that you can think of, right? All of the the things that you've experienced are done. They're over. They are no longer there. the The place where they exist is in your head as memories and as whatever physical evidence other people's heads as memories and whatever physical evidence they've left behind 
And as soon as you can manufacture that physical evidence and change the people's memories, reality becomes malleable. And I'm already I'm already well suited to live in that world because I am uh, I You're... do not trust my memory. <clears throat> right. And uh, I lose things all the time. So I never have the physical evidence I need. Um, but for a lot of people, I mean, they're going to go nuts. There's, there's no way that they're going to be able to deal with it because they're going to be unmoored, ungrounded from what they're used to. And then there's going to be this dog. Edward! His name is Edward, and he's so cute. I don't know. Can I trust um, that he's real? Nope. But he's still fuzzy, <laughs> even if he isn't real. And you can still pet him. And that's the thing. Um, I've been having uh, dreams jumping on a trampoline. Uh, I don't remember the rest of it. Uh, the lyrics for a song. Uh, but anyway, uh, I last night I had dreams that were very real right dreams yeah. that i'm sure that you've had them before dreams where you're like huh that's weird i don't remember doing this one of them i peed in the desk drawer <laughs> of a desk uh that did not belong to me and i was like why did i do that that is the stupidest everybody i'm sorry I'm sorry, I I should have used the bathroom, but I peed in this drawer, and so, so that was weird. Um, but I was convinced that it was real until I woke up. Yeah, and then you uh, had to go to the and bathroom. And then I was like, woo! I was like, great, yeah, of course <clears> I did. <throat> uh, but, but I was like, I'm glad that didn't happen. And then I went back to sleep, and when I went back to sleep, I was in a, a video game. I was in a video game, and I was like, this is, this is amazing. I was in a VR headset type thing. And I'm like, I this is more real than I've seen in a long time. But I was dreaming, obviously. And I saw um, a doorway. I was like, oh, I've never been this way before. I'm going to go this way. And all of a sudden I was, uh, you know, facing skeletons. I'm like, oh, I don't want to fight the skeletons. I'm going to go in this room. And in the room were a whole bunch of scientists in lab coats and stuff. And I had a uh, a halberd, right? A long, like, axe-like thing on a pole. Okay. And I just started killing the scientists. <laughs> just for reasons? And, and yeah, just because I'm like, well, this is a video game. I might as well kill these scientists. And they were like, what are you doing? No, stop, etc. <laughs> and I realized in my dream that, oh, I was out of the VR thing now. The scientists were the ones that had me in the VR thing, and I thought I just came into this room, but what I really did was wake up from the dream and just starting attacking people. And then I was like, but where did I get the halberd from? And then I woke up. Yeah. Again, one of those weird things of, of different layers of reality. Um, and again, this is what we're, what we're eventually going to be dealing with. Um, we are lucky... Where we're at right now. You and I were luckier when we were kids. Uh, because there really was only one one kind of reality that we were in. Right. 
you know, and there wasn't the TV and the overlay of the internet and all that kind of stuff. Um, but now... It's all a matter of adapting. I mean, I think what, yeah. we just have to, like, learn to identify what is real and what isn't. And maybe some people would be more attuned to that and, and than others, and you just have to, like... We're all going to Question be. We're everything. all going to be sw slightly delusional, you know. And we're gonna we're we're gonna get to choose which reality we decide we want to interact with. You take the red pill or the blue pill. Have I told you already? I, I think you know this. I, I think we talked about it um, because we didn't see the Matrix together. That it had come out before no. we had met. Yeah. Um, but my instant thing. My instant thing, when he said you take the blue pill or the red pill, uh, my instant thing was, both at once! <laughs> what do you think would happen if, uh, if at that point, uh, you took both pills at once? I feel like it would be sort of like an out-of-body experience. Like, I would be able to see myself in the Matrix. Like, I wouldn't have to, I wouldn't have to jack into the Matrix, right? Yeah. I would be I would be in the matrix still but I would also uh, experience the outside world. I would be in two different bodies at the same time. And it would tear you apart. Oh, it hasn't done so so far, Ben. I've been working <laughs> just fine. Um no, yeah, probably. That's right. It would go crazy. Even yeah. more so. Um, people talk about the, uh, the looking at the code and, you know, I look at the code, when I look at the code, I see, you know, this woman, uh, whatever his name is, uh, Joey Pants, um, his little speech about how, um, Cypher is his character's name. Yeah. Uh, it, his, Joe his, yeah, that's right. His statement about how he he actually sees the pictures that the the data makes when yeah. he looks at the at the flowing green thing. Um, I think that that we as actor types sort of have that magic when we're watching someone who is acting. We can tell. We see the actor behind the performance, I guess is what I'm saying. We have that little vision where we can sort of tell the choices that they're making, etc. Yeah. We can we can suspend disbelief and see that character, but we can also see the actor behind the character deciding to do certain things, which I think Should is one interesting. Chooses. Yeah. Now, I'm going to ask you something else. As someone who has done color correction before, and all that, the dress... Uh, is it white and gold or blue and black or whatever it was? <laughs> um, yeah. My feeling about it, and and I'll, I'll explain why in just a second. But my feeling about it is that people who are who have dealt with photography or video in any way um, see the color, whatever color it is, as the color that the object would look like in real life under proper lighting. Yeah. So 
Um, the example is the, the tennis shoe that, you know, is it, what color is this? Is it gray and green or is it white and pink? Do you remember that one? I don't, but like the, there were a few that came out sort of like, uh, in quick succession where that, the, what color is this became a bit of a fad. So, so the guy who, who solved this for me, uh, he was a, he was a photographer did a lot of other stuff, but he was a, mainly a photographer um, in this instance. Yeah. Uh, who was like, well, it's white and pink. And he just set the uh, white balance on the photograph correctly. Yeah. And the hypothesis I came out of, based on that, is that if you are used to dealing with photos or video that need to be color corrected, you see the color, you look at that image and you see the color of what, so when it says what color is this object, you're looking at it and determining what color the object should be. Yeah. Whereas the people that see it and say the thing that is wrong, that's the way I'm going to say it because well, they, I mean, they're seeing the color on the screen and telling you what those pixel colors are. Basically. Yeah, but also what color it should be is also very contextual. Like, wh like, how does it fit within the world uh, that you're putting it in, right? When I look at that dress, I'm like, it's, you know, it is whatever color you see because that's what color you see. But you're correct in that it needs to be, uh, you know, like when you see it in person in proper lighting, that's what color it is. Right. It's, it, this picture can be, what was interesting about the picture is like, it's the same, you know, the same pixels so many people saw different you know different colors because they interpreted those different ways it also goes back to like is the color blue that i see the same color blue that you see right you and know? and which way does the ballerina leg rotate right and you can switch it right you can and that you just and think that, about it going one way and the switching of it i think is the same thing as the true finding the true color of the of the object there is a there is there's a second screen, if you will, in our heads that we use to visualize stuff. The people who can't visualize things, you've heard that before, right? They'll show you, uh, they'll say, think of an apple. Now, what do you see What do you see in your head? And people are like, what are you talking about? I don't see anything. Right. Okay, so I don't know if they really don't see anything or if what they think they're seeing or what they think they should be seeing is if this makes sense an image in screen one screen yeah. one is you know the 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 thing i'm looking around i'm seeing this filing cabinet etc but there is a field. there's a screen two that's what i call it anyway where i can see i can see that apple but it's not it's not coming into my my head like light coming in right from somewhere but i can still see it it's what some but people might interpret as imagination but it's not right exactly but it's not really seeing in in the way that that i think these other people are expecting to right but it is possible that there are people who don't have that second screen if that makes sense and, Rains and, strange and again and everyone is different. how would i know i would yeah but that's anyway. That was that was when I first heard about that phenomenon. That 
that's what I thought. I thought that maybe they're 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 thinking that they should be able to hallucinate the thing, like right in front of them, which is not what what's happening. No, in you're my, not a Magritte painting. Exactly. Um, the apple right in front of your face. Oh, you froze. Ben froze. Everybody. Oh, hey, I, I froze for a bit. I said you're yep. not a Magritte painting with the apple right in front of your face. And, exactly. Uh, and but but now look, it's time. It's uh, the hour is up, Paul. Oh, Goody. Ben, it is. It is time to go. Huh? Interesting. Ben froze for a second. Now he came <laughs> up and says the hour's off. Now he looks like he's gonna ask me for. For eight <laughs> can you, thousand can you wire me eight no. K? Um, it was just because Ben was glitchy. Eight K. Ben, ben never and says eight K. That 8K. is my story. Uh, All right, cool. folks. Well, I'll tell you what. It was great hanging out with you, Ben, and it was great hanging out with you, the people. <laughs> and now Ben and I are going to go off and discuss the things that you would be able to hear about. If you joined our Patreon, which we don't have. And we will uh, never have. That's right. It's the after show. Exactly. Unless there is a big problem happening with me. Happening with me. (laughs) I think you're you're way behind me now, Ben, after you froze. Well, we'll find out. In that case, uh, I'll just tell you, Paul, to keep it wrong. And I'll talk to you in just a little bit. Hey, Ben, keep it wrong. I will talk to you in just a little bit. All right, right. Talk to you later. How do I stop this thing? And we're clear. Okay, we